Hi all, welcome to another episode of Let's Hookah. On this week's episode, I sat down with actor and comedian Lucy Paul to talk about everything from comedy to Lucy's acting career, the new age of PC culture in Hollywood, and our favorite jokers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please join my Patreon for more content. Comment and rate this episode and follow us. Thank you. Welcome to Let's Hookah. Today we have Lucy Paul. Welcome to the pod. Thank you. Thank you for having me so much. I'm excited. Uh, me too. <laughs> um, yeah, we're going to smoke some hookah today. You ready for that? Uh, yeah, I'm so ready. So ready. Yeah. When was the last time you did hookah? What was the first time you did hookah? Oh, man. I'm trying to think. When was the first time I, I smoked hookah? I feel like when I was a teenager in New York, probably. Or... Yeah, I would say when I was a teenager in New York, because that was kind of popular when we were teenagers, because growing up in New York or in the States, you can't go anywhere as a teenager. You can't go to right. bars. So, yeah. um, so I think, I think as a teenager in New York, but if that's not true, then definitely when I was 14 and we went to Morocco, hmm. it wasn't hookah actually. It was keef. That we smoked there. What is Keef? Well, Keef is like hash, basically. You got we high when you were it 14. out of like oh. a pipe like that. Yeah, with my parents. Damn. <laughs> <laughs> that was so awkward. I was like, I'm going to hell. Uh, we're not even religious, but I was like, this is weird. I was also really high. I mean, high. it's your parents that would go to hell, right? Not you. Oh, really? That's a good point. Yeah. Oh, now we're getting right into the my psychology of always blaming myself for everything. <laughs> it's my go. fucking parents that are going to hell. <laughs> That's what we do when we smoke, Hugo. We talk about things and it's like yeah. a therapy session. Exactly. And I think the last time I smoked hookah, I think maybe it was in Turkey because I haven't smoked hookah in a while. Oh, no, that's not true. In Berlin, I have um, friends. Of course, in Berlin. Who always love to go to this one hookah spot um, in uh, Prenzlauer Berg. And one of my friends is Turkish, Timur, and my friend Jenny. They always meet up there because in their neighborhood. And we went there and smoked hookah like that was probably like a year ago or something like that. Or maybe before the pandemic, so okay. nine years ago. <laughs> nine years ago. No, no, like three years ago. Okay. Two years ago, something like that. Okay. So, um, is it Kreuzberg, where all the Turkish people live? Uh, a lot of Turkish people live in Kreuzberg, yeah. but is, you know, see, There's a Nuremberg as well? Nuremberg? Nuremberg is a city. Is there a place Neukölln, in the... you mean. Huh? Neukölln. You mean, is, is, it, is an Berlin? area in Berlin where yeah, there's okay, a lot that's of the one. That's the place yeah, I was no, thinking I Yeah, because any relatives I have are always in those areas. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. No, Kreuzberg is now like, well, there's two parts of Kreuzberg, first of all. One is called 61 and one is 36. That's like the, because of the zip code, the mm. end of the zip code. 36 is the one that's like more heavily Turkish, but it's kind of really gentrified now. Neukölln is a little less gentr gentrified. Okay. Okay. So there's more Turkish people Because it's more still. up north, right? It's like harder to actually get into the city, no? No, no, no. Oh, no, okay. No, no it's okay. in the city. Yeah. Okay. It's it's interesting, this idea. Okay, here you go. Thank Try you. it out. Imagine I like don't know how to smoke hookah at all and I just <laughs> lied. And I was like, yeah, I've smoked hookah in Morocco and Turkey and Kreuzberg. And <laughs> We're going to find know, out now. Moment of truth. Saudi Arabia with the <laughs> crown prince. 
She's a pro. Inshallah. <laughs> Alhamdulillah. <laughs> That's what you say, right? Uh, well, not when you spoke. No, I have no sure. idea. <laughs> I only know how to say, oh, I was very proud. You know, I was in Turkey for six weeks once. Really? Because I shot a movie there and it took me like probably two and a half weeks to learn how to say teşekkürler. That's pretty good. That's good, right? It's pretty good, yeah. Uh, and then the only other thing I learned how to say was um, sin çok tatlı. Did people say that to you a lot? <laughs> I <bet laughs> no, I said it to everybody. <laughs> Sen çok tatlı. I mean, that's, it's, it's not proper. Um, uh, it's grammatically, grammatically incorrect. Oh. But, uh, really? Sen çok tatlısın. Ah, right. The sin. I always sin. forgot that. That means you're cute, right? You're cute. Or you're sweet or cute. Yeah. Tatlı means sweet. Yeah. yeah. But you use it as cute. But the funny thing is like if people say that to you, a lot, people, I, I could just imagine guys saying that because that's like the kind of cat call they would use. Hell yeah. She definitely knows how to smoke hookah. Well, I used to smoke a lot of things. Let's put it that way. Do you Do you make rings when you smoke other things as well? I used to. Okay. I don't really smoke anything anymore. Okay. I'm a very, I've become a very um, sober person. I'm not like sober, you know what I mean? Mm. But I, I used to smoke a lot of weed, a lot mm. of weed, and I used to smoke cigarettes too. I'd really? always blow rings when I smoked cigarettes because I'd roll my own. Oh, wow. Yeah. But in Turkey, everybody smokes. Like babies smoke in Turkey. In Turkey, everyone <laughs> smokes. <laughs> everyone in my family smokes. Like yeah. I never smoked regular cigarettes, but with the hookah, that's always been, that's been like for a while now. So is this a watermelon taste? or am Yeah. I ta- so it's watermelon taste and you have the complimentary watermelon lacroix? That was by chance. Girl, no, it's not. That Don't, was definitely. It's not by chance. I actually, I'm not a fan <laughs> of the watermelon lacroix. I was going to, I was going to, I usually go for lemon. Ah. Um, but this was the only one they had. You know, I've never had this, um, but I always go for uh, grapefruit. Pampelmuse. Grapefruit is a good one. Grapefruit yeah. is a good one. Well, yeah. Lacroix should um, should should fucking sponsor sponsor this. us because yeah. every guest on this podcast has been getting Lacroix. What the fuck, Lacroix? Yeah. Lacroix, 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 Lacroix is your problem. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. We love Lacroix here on this podcast. Hell yeah. God, I feel like a new woman. Oh, now I have lots of funny stories to tell on this Look podcast. At you. And you even match your shirt to match the the can. You see that? This is a real ad. This is, is a real ad. Oh yeah, it is. It's also a watermelon colored shirt kind of. Yeah. Not really. really yeah. But like what Americans think a watermelon looks like. Right. You know? Oh my God. That's so true. <laughs> They're so deprived. Yeah. You know, my boyfriend had never had a real raspberry until he met me. Oh my God. He had never eaten an actual physical raspberry. <laughs> that is so weird. Wait, where did he grow up? Florida. Oh, that kind of makes sense. What? They don't Why? eat real things there, right? It's that's all true. processed. They eat each and, other's faces. Yeah. The only, yeah. And they, they eat processed food. Yeah. Like they deep fried turkeys and stuff. They, Isn't that oh, they, yeah, of course. They deep fry everything there, I think. This is probably super problematic. Why? Because we're just generalizing all Floridians, but. It, you, no, that no? doesn't work that way. No. The oppressors don't get to okay, be cool. problematic. But I'm sure Fuck them. Fuck them, man. Let's just no, go. We love Florida. Florida's great. Florida's just, you know, a little bit different. 
They're a little bit different over there. They're like that relative you don't want at your birthday dinner. Or maybe you do, you know, because you, you know drama. he's going to be wacky and he's going to uh, do something that is just like kind of not appropriate and stuff. And you're like, well, actually, I kind of love that guy. You, you know? know what? I love when there's drama at a wedding. When people are like, I'm not going to invite my uncle who's always saying racist shit and is like getting drunk. I'm like, no, who else is going to make the fun? That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. I don't get invited to a lot of weddings. That I might, noticed you're that. The uncle, then. <laughs> you're the, <laughs> I'm the uncle. <laughs> you're the crazy <laughs> uncle. I'm the crazy uncle. I'm like, how come I never get invited to weddings? Everybody's like, mm, I don't. But Lucy, no. She wears white at weddings. She gets yeah. drunk. And <laughs> <laughs> Would you ever do that or invite at a wedding? Um, yeah, if that wasn't a problem. I don't know. I didn't know about any of these rules. I didn't grow up like that with like these like kind of people no. that had like kind of more conventional things happening in their lives. That that was not for the ad the way I drank that. Oh why? That was no, you wanted that. That was like that was um that was with real uh, desire that came from the heart, you know? Like you guzzled it. So, uh, when was the last... You were recently in Germany, right? No, actually, I haven't been to Germany since last November. I'd say that's recent. Oh, okay. I used yeah. to go way more often. Oh, okay. Like before the pandemic and stuff, yeah. And I... Because I still work there from time to time and stuff, but yeah. Yeah. No, I was there last... Last November was the last time I was there to shoot a movie. I have a super small part, but it's coming out now, uh, which Kate Blanchett just won the Golden Bear in Venice or whatever Holy you shit. win there. No, really? not the bear. What do you win in Venice? You win a golden pizza slice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the, the main the Venice golden film. Plague. I don't know. Plague? Didn't that the happen golden in plague? Yeah. <laughs> you get like a like a like a weird cell with like things sticking out yeah, of it. You not get a like a golden the... plaque, but a golden plague. Yeah. <laughs> nice, like... I love it. Here, some Ebola for you. Congratulations, you fucking bitch. We're yeah. done with you. <laughs> this is the the birthplace of plague. Didn't didn't plague start out in Venice or where was it? Yeah, I think you're right, yeah. Florida. No, Venice makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I'd go with that. Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with it. You're a scientist. You know I mean, these things. You should. We should know. I mean, we're both European. Ah, we put it in know. the comments. Yeah, and Let also just know. listen to the episode. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Just listen to this episode, and who cares? Uh, who cares about? We're moving on. Yeah, from the plague. We have corona now. Exactly. Right. Yeah. We have diseases that kill more people than the plague. Do they though? Like, proportionally. I think COVID killed more people than the But there was less people on Earth back then. So, like, relative to the population back then, did the plague kill less people than COVID relative to the population I now? Think, I think still relatively it was more people. COVID? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Good. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every time we overpopulate Earth, right? Earth is like, you know what? Take this disease. Yeah. We, we don't need you here. Yeah. But then we just, you know... Fix it. Yeah. Really oh, good at that. I guess so. I mean, <sighs> I always have a problem when people say, we're killing the planet. I'm like, no, we're not. We're killing our ability to live on the planet. 
We're not killing the planet. The planet is a giant rock floating through space. It's not going to die. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, that's true. We're killing yeah. our ability to live here. Yeah. To have water, to have food, to have an ecosystem that works yeah. in our favor. And you know? that's so real. That it'll be interesting to see what we'll evolve into. Like if we don't have enough oxygen, will we turn into a species that will thrive on less oxygen we'll start using other like nitrogen there's more nitrogen in the air than oxygen will we start using nitrogen will we start being like some Big bacteria <laughs> it's not that method i was yeah. just thinking yeah <laughs> um you know what i think we're gonna evolve into giant thumbs <laughs> <laughs> from texting we're gonna be like we're gonna have like a tiny head and these like giant no other fingers just like Two giant thumbs and no legs because we won't need legs. And we'll just have like this mass okay. and these big fat thumbs. So that we can just constantly. So this is all we'll do. Or maybe we'll turn into those. What are those things called? What are those really weird looking amphibious creatures with the big eyes? Frogs? No, no, no. <laughs> but they're they're like frogs. That's They're like like cartoon alien frogs what are those called again I you're thinking remember. about are they real or are you just Lo thinking about lots lots a lot or ocelot i have no idea what something that is. like that okay lancelot, lancelot. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like i knew you were talking about a cartoon and if it's lancelot then... i think they're called ocelots or okay. something like that okay uh maybe we'll look like those things i mean yeah we're gonna evolve into something what would you want to evolve into if you were gonna um, if you were gonna pick a cactus a, a cactus yeah i think i was a cactus in my previous life actually i'm not even making this up <laughs> i've been thinking this for like quite why? some time now tell me what? i don't know why you know what i really don't actually know why but first of all no one can prove me wrong <laughs> so there's that love that argument yeah, yeah thank you and then secondly i don't know i feel like Maybe I was just like standing there with all these fucking spikes on me in the fucking hot sun. And then every time somebody like a bird flew by or somebody walked by, <laughs> I'm just like, don't touch me. Don't sit on me. Don't lean on me. And if you cut me open, I'll get you high. <laughs> Wait, is that what a cactus does? There's certain cacti like um, okay. peyote is a cactus. Okay. And that gets you high. Peyote's like what? Have you ever seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas? No. Really? No. Holy shit. Are Is you serious? Is that good? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's great. I okay. mean, it's a classic. Okay. For us uh, geriatric movie watchers <laughs> out there. <laughs> uh, no, it's a great movie, uh, but that's I think that's what he's on the whole entire time. Peyote acid. Peyote's like a very strong hallucinogenic okay. drug. I've never Cactus. done any hallucinogenics. No never. mushrooms? Nope. Well, you know, AOC is fighting now to get mushrooms made legal. Oh, wow. Psychedelic mushrooms. For, um, for therapeutic psilocybin. reasons? Yeah. You study depression, right? Or yeah. schizophrenia, schizophrenia, depression. Um, it's supposed to help. Yeah. There is a huge um, push in the field to, to use LSD for, um, for, for treatment of 
of major depressive disorder and you know but in like a in sort of like a protected right and controlled environment controlled environment some people like tripping and going right. nuts at a fucking jumping concert off, yeah. jumping off airport out of like buildings and whatnot yeah but, but yeah I, I i could totally see that i of could course. see that working yeah so you're not curious or are you scared or it's more the scared bit yeah because i, I like being in control mm. and I just don't know what that would do. And, you know, I've, I've seen too many people get like too fucked up from, but not from, from mushrooms, not from mushrooms. Yeah. But Mushroom, I've never done acid either. I was given acid by my hairdresser for Christmas once, which was so funny. He was like, open your hand. I have a Christmas present for you. Oh my God. And then he gave me this tiny little huh? thing. I was like, what is that? And he's like, it's LSD baby. And I wow. put it in my freezer and then I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. This is too scary. But mushrooms, on the other hand, because I'm also very much like that. I want to be in control. I don't drink. I don't like to drink at all because of that reason. I hate uh, drinking, actually. Um, but mushrooms are really great. Mm. They're really fun and you can dose them so that right. you don't like, you know, usually you're just going to laugh really hard and just like maybe have some sensory experiences mm. and stuff. But yeah. um you don't really and and the nice thing the thing that always bothers me about drinking is that once you're drunk you're like okay I'm like this now and I can't right. get rid of this unless I fall asleep and right. sleep it off and like wake up mm. with mushrooms and with weed that's what I always liked about those two is that you even if you don't like it you know that if you wait a few hours one hour two hours it's gonna go away it's gonna change like you're not right. just this one way now mm. until you fall asleep you yeah know? yeah i get super paranoid though mm. so it's like what's gonna happen are these people gonna kill me <laughs> so it's it's not a good trip no yeah you shouldn't be paranoid but then again you might not get paranoid with mushrooms who knows you know who you knows? have to be in a place where you feel good about your life you have to be in a place where you feel good about the people you're with the place you're with you're at you know and then yeah. you'll yeah. be fine but if there's anything that kind of like is in there that could be like a wild card of something right you know yeah you could go down that's like interesting because someone did me message me the other day they were like a, a good friend was like hey do you want to come it's gonna be a whole day thing because you know it takes like 20 hours 12 hours to like wear off uh, I'm inviting this, this, and this person. Are you comfortable with all these people? And then in the end, it didn't happen. But it was like she was very careful about, hmm. you know, laying all the cards on the with table. mushrooms? Yeah. But mushrooms don't take 12 hours unless you really eat a lot. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I was like, I have never tried it. So for me, that could, that's, it's, it's a lot of wild cards. Yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, maybe, maybe someday. Yeah, exactly. Maybe someday. And maybe not. Who knows? But that's cool that she's trying to get it legalized and, and use. AOC? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it's cool. You know, a lot of these drugs should be legalized so people don't go to jail for them. Yeah. And do illegal shit to get them. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah. So what is this movie with Kate Blanchett? It's called Tar. And it's about a person dying of lung cancer. No, I don't know why. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so sorry to whoever, whoever, all the people listening. I'm sorry. Um, no, it's a movie about a conductor. She plays a conductor and it's by Todd Field, who hasn't made a movie in like, I think 15 years, but he made a really amazing movie called Little Children with Jennifer Connelly. 
and that I remember watching and loving. And he made another movie that I have not seen that was very successful. And I forgot the name. Um, and it's, it's a drama. It's about this conductor and she like, it's about her like story and rise and fall from fame and kind of like, I think it's the story of an artist, but I didn't read the whole script because I just had a very small part. What was your part? I play one of her agents. One of her agents? Do you have, you speak in Shannon, yeah. I speak. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. uh, Do you do a lot of acting gigs? I used to do more acting. I started out acting, but as an actor, um, but I did uh, another one this year that's coming out in November on a Hulu show called Welcome to Chippendales, which is the story of Chippendales. And that is with Kumail Nanjani. Cool. And I have a very fun scene with him. That's I did fun. That. I shot that in May. In LA, and the showrunner and creator Rob Siegel is at the Emmys tonight because he's nominated for best series for Pam and Tommy, which he also created. Hell yeah! Yeah, it's that's really cool. so cool. But yeah, I'm excited for that to come out. That that's like a little bit of a bigger part. Okay. In the in in the um, Kate Blanchett movie, I literally have like one line, but it was fun. Yeah, you know, whatever. I'm. I. It- it's yeah, like what we so do in comedy, right? A show is a show. You take where you can. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Fuck it. What would be your dream role? My dream role would be poppy seed with cream cheese. <laughs> not so stupid. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, my dream role, I think, would be to do something like Eddie Murphy style, where I play like lots of different characters in a movie, you mm. know, with lots of different like prosthetic makeup right. and like all these different characters that I would never be cast as where I get to play men and I get to play like a gremlin and I get to play you know what I mean? I can like, see you do all those. Yeah, I would a love. gremlin? Hell yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, it's funny because when I was like four, so I started out acting and I always wanted to be an actress and so when I was a, a kid or, or like adolescent teenager here in New York, there's a school here called LaGuardia um, High School for Performing Arts where okay. you can apply to for different um, disciplines in the performing arts and then you go to high school there with a focus on whatever discipline you, um, you know, were admitted for, like music, acting, uh, dance, you know, they have all kinds of stuff. Um, and it's a public school, so it's pretty hard to get into. But if you want to do acting or dance or any of those, you have to audition, right? Okay. Um, so you audition, I guess, at like 13. Yeah, because when you go to high school, when you're 14, when you go to high school, I guess. Yeah, so like okay. 13. So I went and auditioned, and I auditioned with um, you need one comedic piece and one, you know, dramatic piece. And my comedic piece was Trinculo from Shakespeare, uh, The Tempest, Hell which yeah. is, but that's a male character, right. Trinculo. Yeah. And this was not in this era of wokeness, okay? This was in the 90s, you fuckers out there. And so I remember I went and auditioned and um, the woman was like, so you audition once and they give you like a slip for a callback and then you get a callback and then you would do like multiple rounds, right? right? But so I auditioned and she was like, yeah, here's the slip for the callback. So that's already like a big win. Um, but you are auditioning with uh, 
a male role. That's not a role for a female. Wow. You're a girl. And so we don't want you to come back with that in the next round. So I was like, fuck these people. I'm not coming back here at all, which was so stupid because I like shot myself in the foot. I was like, fuck this fucking school. I don't want to go here. Look at you with so many values as 13. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I had more than now. (laughs) I had more integrity (laughs) than I have now. But um, You've been in entertainment for too long. I was pissed, man. I was like, oh, these people suck so badly. But... um, but then I did that play in high school and played Tranquilo and I loved that. Like it was so fun and I've played another like, you know Karagiozis? No. I think you must know. I think maybe you pronounce it differently in Turkish. You have this character in Turkey as well. He's a he's a like this fool character that Greece and Turkey have. Oh, the hunchback Karagöz? with the yeah Karagöz. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, in Greece, yeah. it's pronounced Karagiozis. Oh, yeah. That's actually similar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Does it mean dark guy in Greek? Karagiozis, dark guy. Kara means dark. Because means I. No. Okay. I don't know why it's called that because it has nothing to do with the... the huh. So maybe okay. he comes from... Maybe it's a Greek thing that's stuck in Turkey. It's and possible. And it's a coincidence. Yeah. I don't know. But, it's possible. Um, but in Greek, they use karagiosis now for also calling someone a fool. I see. Yeah. Okay, I so see. he's like the fool, right? For okay. people listening that don't know and stuff. He's like a fool character. He has a big, big, big nose and kind of a hunchback. Mm. And he's always in children's stories and stuff right. as the like fool right, right, character. Right. Is okay. it the same in Turkey? I was thinking about something else. Uh-huh. Is, um, I was thinking about the, this thing that they used to do in like Ottoman times where, where someone had a shirt on that was painted mm-hmm. as a, like a, f- with a face on and then there would be like dancing, but it would be like, it would almost like puppet, uh, like a puppet show kind of a thing. They would do the puppet shows with Karagiozis yes, in so, in Greece too. Okay, yeah. Okay, so that but that he's was taken on like a bigger okay. role also in children's stories and stuff. But yes, they do puppet yeah. shows with him and those shat those not shadow puppets the cutout. The cutouts, cut yes, 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 yes. Okay, the, it's the same one. Yeah. Then it's the same one. The cutouts, because I didn't grow up in Turkey. Right. Uh, anything I know is from like movies and stuff right, like right, that. Right. We didn't. I still like our childhood was very much, you know. European, Western, mm. um, childhood stories, but then movies we watched were Turkish movies mm-hmm. and shows. So it was like a bit of a mix, but that's so cool. So you played the fool. I played Karagiozis in so this cool. play and I like, I like, um, taught myself how to do a bald cap and I glued on a nose every night. It looked so good. I'll show you a picture later. And, and it looked so good that every day, time at this was when I was an adult already not in high school I was like 25 or something this is a real play in New York like off off Broadway but it was so good that every time the show would end and I would come out after the show no one would say anything to me because they didn't know I was the fucking Karagiozis <laughs> and like everybody loved the, the character there wasn't that many people in the in the show and it did really well and it was always such a weird experience because yeah. people would like clap so much for me and then I'd come out after the show and everybody would just ignore me because they didn't know I was the fucking <laughs> wow. you know Karagiozis that was so funny but anyway I've always loved to play those kinds of characters. So that would be, I think, my dream. I, you know, mm. a lot of people say like, oh, I want to play a superhero. There's a lot of stuff that I can't even think of that, mm. of course, if it, I come across it, I, I'll probably be like, wow, that'd be amazing to play this. But 
if I were to say what's my dream, that would be like my dream to yeah. do a movie or a show where I just like play lots of different characters with cool makeup prosthetics and, you know, creatures and goblins and that's whatever. That's so fun. Trolls. And the irony as well with the whole Shakespeare thing is that when they were actually doing the plays, all the, even the female parts were played by men. Yeah. So the, the hypocrisy of that is also just, wow. And also like, first of all, I always hate, they always did this at, at um, acting schools, by the way, because when I then auditioned later in Germany, because after high school, I, I, I moved back to Berlin for a while and, and went to acting school there because it was free because I'm a German citizen. But um, there too, they were like, why are you auditioning with this role that's like a 50-year-old woman? And I'll, And it's like, Hello, I'm not auditioning for a real fucking production. Right. You yeah. just asked me to pick two monologues I yeah. like. Like, what the fuck is the problem? It should just <laughs> showcase your ability. And my to ability do those parts. and my personality yeah. too. And my yeah. imagine it should it actually should showcase my imagination because the whole point of acting school is that the ability isn't there yet. Right. Right? It yeah. should show that you have the like basis mm -hmm. of an understanding of how to move and yeah. interpret a text and, you know, perform a character. But what you're actually supposed to show is your imagination and your like basic understanding of what it takes yeah. to be an actor, I guess. Yeah. But what they hammer into your head is that you, there is no ability. That's why you're here or there or I see. somewhere, somewhere, you know? So, so you know how they say in, in comedy that, you know, I guess everyone has their own opinion on this, but most of you hear that key, one of the key things in comedy is timing. Mm -hmm. What would you say is the key thing in comedy, in, in acting? <laughs> in acting? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Um, being spineless and... <laughs> Having no personality. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the key thing in acting... I mean, I guess I'm going to say a boring answer, but I guess it really is listening. Listening. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, and not acting, mm. you know. It's, I'm, I'm very fascinated by acting and having been in, in comedy for so long. I, it's really something that I would want to explore, but... Do it. I have no idea where one would begin and I have no acting experience whatsoever. Well, acting classes is yeah. where you would begin. Yeah, of course. Because, you know, when I was, uh, when I was, I told this story before on the podcast. So if there are any repeated listeners. You can fast forward. Fast forward. But yeah, I had <laughs> my only acting experience was when I was nine, nine years old. I think, yeah, my fifth year Christmas play in school where I played a troll. Nice. <laughs> and I had the ears on. Really? And this bushy wig. And I abducted Santa Claus. Fucking yeah. awesome. That's the best part in the show. It's how you played the villain. <laughs> exactly. That's great. If I was to ever say what like I would want to play, it would be a villain. Yeah. I feel like villains are very... Um, like I get villains. Yeah. A villain with a good backstory? Hell mm -hmm. yeah. Villains like mostly Joker? have good backstories. Like the Joker? Mm -hmm. That's a hell of Which a backstory. One? Which Joker, though? The I Jack Nicholson say, Joker? 
Mm. Or the Heath Ledger Heath Joker, Ledger or Joker. the what's his name, Joaquin Phoenix Joker. Joaquin Phoenix is my favorite Joker, and I really? love the movie so much. Have you seen the Jack Nicholson Joker? I haven't. I've seen okay, the Heath well, then Ledger. You can't one. say he's your favorite Joker. Yeah, but of the Jokers I've seen, All I've right. seen, I've seen three. Really? Who else? What's the What's the new one? The other guy. The um, I don't know. The guy Robert that, Pattinson. No, he's not the What's Joker. It? He's Batman. Oh, he is? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Uh, no, no, no. What's his face? Harry Styles. <laughs> <laughs> the real life Joker. Uh, uh, no, no. The Prince guy. Prince Charles. Uh, <laughs> 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 you mean King? Huh? King Edward <laughs> Charles the Fourth. My friend was like, my, my British friend before, when the Queen died, he was like, he, you know, he might change his name to George. King George the Third. And I was like. Why? Why? <laughs> he's like, because it's more regal. And I was like, it's more regal than Charles? George is more regal? He's like, yeah, it's a more regal name. I was like, you people, people are People are crazy. Yeah. 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 No, for sure. No, the one I'm talking about is the guy. What the hell is his name? Why am I blanking on it? Chris he- Pine. Chris no, Hemsworth. No, it's none of the Chris's. It's the guy. Do you remember the... Um, I'm blanking on all it's the It's okay. Fucking- I blank on every name all the time. Whoa. He plays... Um, Remember the movie about AIDS? The Tom one, Hanks. No, there was a, which one about AIDS? Um, the one where the the lead guy Matthew McConaughey he plays movies. Joker. No, 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 oh. not Matthew McConaughey. Oh, in Dallas his, Buyers Club in Dallas. Oh, Buyers Jared Club. Leto. Exactly. Oh God, we what a tool! There. We got there. Oh, he Jared played the Leto Joker. is such a. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry if your fan base loves Jared Leto, but. <laughs> but oh my face. god! Oh yeah. Well, he played god. the Joker, and so it's Heath Ledger, Jared Leto, and Joaquin Phoenix. I would say Joaquin Phoenix is the clear winner for me, but I just got a headache thinking about Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch him as the as the Joker? Because no. that would give you a headache. No, 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 no. I'm not. I'm not interested at all no. in seeing that movie with no. Robert Pattinson. And I don't know. It's not. He's not in that one. He's in the. Oh, who's in that one? That's not actually the Joker. It's the Riddler. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, the Joker was cut out. But the Joker will come into the next one, I think. Uh-huh. And it actually might be is there a new is there a new Joker? I d I don't remember. There was like an and there was a scene at the end. Um, but I don't remember who the Joker is supposed to be in the new one. Hmm. It might be Jared Little. I don't know. Well then I'm definitely not gonna go see it. But mm-hmm. I also I'll have to say, unfortunately, that I wasn't a fan of the uh Joker movie with Joaquin Phoenix. Okay, tell me about that because I'm such a fan of that movie. I just thought it was so pretentious. I thought that it, it didn't make sense to me. I thought that like it was so predictable too. And then I just didn't believe this like, oh, he's so damaged. That's why he's so bad. Like this is his only like this. The world has made him into this. <laughs> you don't believe that in villains though? I um, like in real life villains that they are just I a product that, of their society. Mm, sure, sure. I mean, in a way, yes. But I feel like, first of all, this was trying so hard to be so like real, but then it's like 
a totally made up fantasy. Right. You know? And so that kind of, I was like, what is it now? Are you trying to be yeah. like, like a psychological, you know, like, like thriller or are you trying to be a fucking like comic book mm -hmm. movie? You know what I mean? Right. So that for me didn't like gel together. And then for me, the performance, what like felt to me, very, very self-indulgent and very, I, I don't like watching performances where all the time it's like, oh my God, look at this, what I'm doing, this amazing performance that I'm giving you right now, where mm. it's like just so sort of in on the nose and in your face in that way. Like there's no subtlety. There was like zero subtlety there. Like yeah. everything was so on the nose, you know? I get what you're saying. No subtext, like no, like nothing for me to feel, make my own feelings and my own decisions about my feelings. Like every scene in that movie told me exactly how I'm supposed to feel. Mm. And I didn't like that. You know what I mean? Interesting. Yeah. I loved it though. I don't know what it was. Like, I think it was, I also did not think of it as a superhero movie. I was right. like, oh, this is not like a part of the comic books. And I had already mm. read about that, what the intention was for, of the, the, the director, uh, Todd, whatever his face is. Um, and Todd. I Lord. <laughs> no, I forgot his last I, name I too. forgot. Yeah. But I, I just thought just in how well it touched on the fact that a lot of you know psychiatric disease coming from it from from a perspective of also someone who studies this stuff and it's like yeah you know a lot of a lot of people who end up committing serious crimes come from deprived homes and they come from you know poor upbringings and and just not having access mm -hmm. and i felt like it really touched on that and made it as explicit as it could and mm -hmm. i felt like That was necessary. Mm -hmm. I love that it was explicit, that it was mm. like, you know what? It's not his fault. It's your fucking fault as a society for, for not giving him the tools to, to survive and get through a disease. Right. Mm. So that I, I found that the explicitness was refreshing. Mm -hmm. But, and I, I thought the extremeness of his acting was, was what I loved the mm. most. Like the scenes of just like him, you know, sitting in the, in that fucking fridge, mm -hmm. dancing in the bathroom, dancing down the stairs. Mm -hmm. All of that was so powerful to me. And I was just like so mesmerized by it. I watched it three times in the cinema. Wow. I, I watched it once sick in bed on my computer. Oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> And it made you more sick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I guess I just kind of felt like, all right, if you want to make a movie about that, make a movie about that you know um it, it's funny because you know how you said that you thought it was pretentious and 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 too on the nose i actually find it more annoying when movies are trying to be vague but you know what they're trying to say but they're not making it explicit i'm like i get that you want this to be something that you, you know something that is artistic and gives you people no i agree with that i don't like those i don't like art house right like per se either. Um, but I just don't, I never like movies that like 
man, where I feel like emotionally manipulated. Okay. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And this one I felt like emotionally manipulated, like with the cuts, the way the edits were very fast, right. Right. you know, very jarring. Like that affects your emotional response, you know, the, the music, the sound, the sounds, mm. you know, everything, the camera work. Like I felt like manipulated, like I had to feel a certain way and I wasn't right. allowed to feel any other way. The, like that I don't like. But I agree with you that I like a clear mm. story and I like a clear like message too. But what I, I think what I mean more is that like, yeah, I felt like my emotions and my responses were like being manipulated I see. by the whole production of the, from top to bottom. You know I see what, I mean? what you're saying. Yeah, I totally but, get that. You know, it's so interesting because it's like with books too, it always depends on where you are in your life mm. and what, you know, what it kind of speaks to and re how it resonates yeah. because Absolutely. of where you are, what Absolutely. like period of your life you're in. You know, I mean, when I was a teenager, I was fucking obsessed with this movie, um, Natural Born Killers, the Oliver Stone movie. Mm. And then I saw it when I was like 30 and I was like, uh, this is horrible. Why was I obsessed with <laughs> yeah. this? And then vice versa, there's like movies where I, that I hated then that I yeah. watch now or books where I'm like, oh, now I get it. Yeah. You know, so who knows? Absolutely. Maybe I'll watch it in 10 years and be like, this is amazing. Yeah. Now I, I, I talked about this on a previous episode as well, but so many things from my, from my teens and my early twenties, I'm like, how the fuck did I like this so much? This is horrible. With so much music and I mean, TV. I was a David Hasselhoff fan, so it doesn't get any okay. worse than that. <laughs> I went to a David Hasselhoff concert really? when I was six. Yeah. Wow. A true German. True German. Check you out. Check you out with the smoke. No? No. I've gotten, I've, I've fallen off with my smoke rings from back in the days. Back in the days from your youthful years. So what made you get into comedy? Um, well, I always was kind of doing comedy, I guess. I was always like, I told you like in high school already doing, you know, like characters and stuff. And then, and then in acting school, I would always play the funny roles or funnier roles and did some, um, stuff in acting school with, um, with a few of the other people in my class that like little variety sketch show right. stuff. And then, and then I started doing, uh, like film and TV in Germany and I got also a lot of comedies, I guess there. Um, and then I came back to New York and, and then I started doing sketch comedy with this friend of mine and we had like a sketch comedy duo. Cool. <laughs> yeah. We we're very excited. We got our first gig in Nyack, New York, where they paid us with a free salad and we were so fucking excited. We had one audience member, a drunk, uh, Mexican man with no teeth that was heckling us the whole time. And then there were some people playing pool, not paying attention to our amazing one hour show. <laughs> wow. That we performed at night and there was this guy who was on like before us or something. And he was like, where do you guys perform? And we had, we had never really performed anywhere else. And we were like, yeah, you know, UCB and stuff. That's when UCB was still around. And he was like, oh, really? I perform there all the time. When do you guys perform there? We were, uh, we were just making it up. <laughs> we were like, oh, we perform there. We got to go. 
Um, and then I started writing, uh, one person, one woman shows, or I, I wrote, uh, a one woman show called Hi Hitler. Hi, hello Hitler. Uh, that was autobiographical about growing up and being a German Jew, growing up in like, uh, this artist family that I grew up in and being a German Jew and like a fish out of water story and mm. stuff. And all of that. And then I took that to Edinburgh and that was funny mm. and everybody laughed and I was like, Oh, okay, this is good. And then I went to Edinburgh and, um, did it there and it did really well. And then I started touring it and then I wrote another one person show. And then I started doing a little bit more stand up because that was like a little more storytelling comedy character and storytelling comedy. Then I wrote, Another show that was just characters, and then I started doing even more stand-up, and then I wrote another show and took it to Edinburgh, and uh, yeah. That's so cool. That's wow. kind of how it happened. You've been doing this for a while. <laughs> You've been in entertainment world and like well, I grew performance. Well, in that world, yeah. too. My parents are, are both in that world, so yeah, yeah, I guess so, always. That's amazing. So this was this is the path you would have chosen if you went back and you would ch you could choose again. This is the one you choose. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I was lucky because I always knew that that's what I wanted to do. I never remember not knowing what I wanted to do. Mm. Um. So so yeah, I think so. I can't I can't think of anything else. I would have I would have done things differently along the way if right. I would go back, but I wouldn't have chosen anything else. Right. No. No, that would be so sad. Do you ask people that question on the podcast and they say, <laughs> no. I would chose something else? <laughs> That's depressing. <laughs> no, I'm just, I was just wondering because you grew up in that space. Yeah. Every choice I've made has been like very active and deliberate. So, right. so I'm just, I was just curious. Well, yeah. I had to also be active and deliberate okay. at one point, obviously, right. you know, when I was an we adult decided and stuff. To make yeah, it because thing. it's not like I just, yeah. my, my, you know, It's not like I um, got work or anything through my parents in that sense sure. ever, or, you know, so I did. Um, but I think it's true that it took me a little bit, I guess, longer to really clearly um, understand what it meant to me outside of growing up that mm -hmm. way and not knowing anything else. Right. You know? Yeah. But yeah. That's so cool. I, I knew this kid in school who both of his parents were academics and I was really determined to be an academic too. And they really wanted him to be. And he was like top of the class as well. He was so, so smart. So he definitely had a clear path for him if he had, if he was to go in, but he decided he was going to become an actor instead. I don't know what happened to him if he became one because I. He's the rock now. <laughs> <laughs> he left, I left Denmark uh, years ago, but it was. He's the rock. <laughs> the Danish rock. The rock. The rock. The rock. The rock. rock. Yeah. The knick the rock. That's Swedish. The herring rock. That is Swedish, you're That right. That is Swedish. That's yeah. a good Swedish accent. Thank you. <laughs> you, know, you do loads of like voice work. What's your favorite accent to do? Um, uh, favorite I'm accent. I'm putting you on the spot a lot today. You're gonna, you want you want to get me canceled? That's what you want. What's my favorite accent to do? The one that you are allowed to do. <laughs> no, what's my favorite accent to do? I like to do French. I like to do. Oh, I don't know. I mean, I've been asked to do Danish, and then I like just 
go on YouTube and listen to some shit and then try to repeat it, you know? Um, I like can to do you, the German. Can you do a Danish one? I'd have to listen. Okay. And then okay. um, I, I love to do the German one. I got to do something really fun that I can't like say exactly what it is, but I got to do a really fun like German villain character that comes out next year. And um, that is really fun. And... I love all of it. Yeah, Italian accent. I don't know. I don't get to do that many accents, right. though, in voiceover. I mm. get because, you know, there's always going to be someone who's doing it authentically. But I, I do a good amount of, like, German accents okay. in voiceover. And French, I've done a good amount, too. That's so cool. Yeah. We were literally having this conversation. So we were in te Texas over the weekend, and we were talking to another comic who mentioned that one of his friends in L.A. was a voice actress, voice actor, um, and was upset that, you know, so many productions wanted authentic people, like people who spoke that actual language to come and do the work. And he was like, that's just bullshit. And it's like this PC world. I'm like, I don't, I don't actually think that's bullshit. I think you should give the opportunity to people who do actually speak that language instead of having, you know, like one person do all the accents. I don't know where you stand on this because you are a voice actor, but I felt like, you know, because we talked about Apu from the Sim Simpsons mm -hmm. being canceled. I was like, no, I actually think that person should have been canceled like if you're gonna write a an indian role it should be written by an indian it should be played by an indian um like give opportunities to minorities instead of just another white guy playing the indian part yeah i mean i think that you know for sure i think that you should look for the right person for the part And, uh, I don't know if I agree that it has to be written by a person that, you know, I think it's important to realize that like certain people have gotten all the jobs for a long time mm -hmm. and there was very little room for other people. And so I think like having other stories be told is right. really important. I don't think in general that only a person from a certain place can tell a story from that place. I mm. think that like the color of your skin doesn't really say anything about the like depth of your imagination. Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. I get But that being said, I think that if there's an Indian guy with a story about an Indian person and a white person with a story about an Indian person, like, and you have to choose one. Yeah. Give it to the Indian person. <laughs> But if both can be made, why not make both? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like make both. So yeah. like, but yeah. And, and in terms of casting actors, yeah, I think if you can go authentic, that's great. You know what I mean? I don't know. From a like how I would personally do it, if I would cast something, I would want to go authentic. But at the same time, I think there's like room mm. for everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. And I think that's more important than anything else. There needs to be room for everybody up until now or up until recently or still now, there hasn't been room for everybody mm -hmm. because all the white people have been getting all the jobs and all the like people that have been at that. So like, you know, someone might say, okay, it was Hank Azaria and they were looking for someone at that level. And it's like, yeah, but the minor, the people who are minorities weren't able to get to that level right. because they weren't given the opportunities. So you have to also like, you know, lift 
other people up. If you're only going to lift white people up, they're only going to be the ones that are the A-listers. And then if you want an A-lister, you're not going to, you know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's like a little, I think that definitely um, if you can go authentic, go authentic because it always is better. Right. You know, yeah, absolutely. it always makes it better. Um, but I, I don't agree that a story has to be written by like the person that it's about. Like, I don't think, I think men can write stories about women and women can write stories about men. Mm. And I think like, uh, an Indian person can write a story about a German right. girl. Yeah. I you totally I mean? get what you're saying. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Because it, it also depends on what the story is right. and what, like, exactly. from the Simpsons was deeply racist. Is it problematic character right so in that particular case i totally get why it was canceled in the end right but um yeah no i i totally understand what you're saying that's also a you know a skill set for people if they're able to write about other characters like if all novels were written just about exactly the per the same gender and race of the person writing it yeah yeah it would be and nonsense. also i just i just think like there's no It doesn't help anybody to go, you're not allowed to do this thing right. anymore. Do you know what right. I mean? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. think it's about like, okay, you do your thing, but you're not the only person that we're looking at anymore. You're yeah. not the only person getting opportunities anymore. Yeah. We're, we're actively looking to give opportunities to people who haven't been getting them. And yeah. I think that's right. And that's cool. You Absolutely. know, and that's great. Like that'll make art, the arts more interesting and better. And because at the end of the day, if you look at, you know, how all of all the industry and all industries really work, it's people who know each other from going to college together and going to this together and working on this together and being interns together here who are now older and creating shows. And if all the people that go to Ivy League colleges are white You know what I mean? And then they go on to get the good jobs at the studios, right? Working for the studios or being writers on shows. They're all white. And then they're going to create a show and then they're going to get, take their friends to staff them. And you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're all white. So like it starts earlier than even like the casting in the writer's room too. You know what I mean? For sure. For sure. So it's like a, it's like a deeper problem yeah. than that. But I think, yeah, definitely. And, and I think also, I do think there's like, a big part of me that totally thinks, you know, okay, it's enough. Like now it's other, it's other people's turn to mm. tell their stories, you know? Right. So, but, I, but I don't think, I, I don't think people shouldn't be allowed. No. Yeah. No, I totally you know. What I mean? Yeah, for sure. That's all. One thing that does ache me though, when people say that like, oh, I can't get work because now all the parts are being given out to like, you know, diversity people. I've heard so many people say that. I had this white comic, white male comic who was like, you know, it's really hard to be a white male comic in comedy these days. I was like, oh really? It's hard to be a white man? And he was like, yeah, because you know, every producer out there is a white man. And then he books people for the, his shows and he's, he might have like two spots for white men and he's going to take one of them. And then there's only one left. I'm like, are you saying this ironically? Or do you, this guy meant that shit. So it's like really, that really icks me when people play that victim role of like, oh, now we have diversity. So it means there's less work for me. <laughs> That's ridiculous. I mean, uh. I don't know. I've, you know, 
I've, I never felt like I fit into any box anywhere. So like I always had like was like forced to create my own stuff, I mm. guess, because of that. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think that for, you know, sort of the like the uh, trope of a white male comic, it's a whole new world, you know, mm. in a way. So I guess now you got to be good. Now they have to be funny. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's like still plenty of fucking white male comics. You know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, unless you go, yeah, especially if you go to an open mic. Yeah, I guess so. But even if you open Netflix and stuff, and that's fine. I mean, like, you know, if you're funny, you're funny. And that's great, you know. Yeah, for sure. But like I said before, I do think that, you know, it, it is time it is the right thing to be like, all right, well, it's time to give other people opportunities that just haven't been, you know, getting them. But it like, you know, it, it the, the arms of um, discrimination stretch so far. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, um, there's so many, uh, there's still so much that isn't, um, isn't what it should be. Absolutely. You know? I, I mean, I have a, an Indian friend who's an actress and she's doing very well, but she always only plays like doctors and mm. um, like Indian aunties, Wow, you know? Yeah. And she's kind of like, well, yeah, I'm happy I have the work and there are cool jobs and they're cool projects, but yeah, you know, I would, I could, I could like, yeah play something else it'd be nice to not be bound by your race or like a stereotype that is out there about yeah, you. but look yeah. it's like then beyond that it's like a blonde woman with big tits is also never gonna get the like fucking uh uh like csi uh forensic scientist mm. you know she's gonna <laughs> be the victim you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because they're going to look for a quirky girl with glasses. Right. It's also like the limits of Hollywood's imag- imagination, which is why I think what's so important is like people like Rami Youssef making his own shit. Like mm. he's making an animated show now. And that's going to be that's different. Cool. Suddenly yeah. different people and different stories are going to get told. You know Absolutely. what I mean? And like people making their own own shit and showing the world like look this is this is more interesting than like five Dawson's Creeks and whatever those shows are called so you don't go on dates? no I have a boyfriend what do you mean? that doesn't people who are people in relationships also go on dates oh with their partners yeah. I mean, oh i don't know i mean i think this whole concept of dates is so american it's very foreign to me to be honest even though i was eight when we moved here and everything and i have an american passport now but still that whole thing is very very foreign to me mm. and i never dated and whenever i was on a date i didn't know i was on a date until like midway through and then i was like oh I guess this is a date. I thought we were just hanging out, you know? <laughs> and then like first date and a second date. So uh, for me, it's super weird. But yes, he is, um, he grew up in this country. And so he says like, ooh, date night if we like go out, right. you know? But yeah. I said to him the other day, I was like, ew, I don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's too corny for me. Uh, it's too American. No, I don't know. Yeah. It always like, I'm like, what does that mean? It feels yeah. like it like puts it in a weird box. Mm. But yeah, we go, I guess we do go on dates. We went on a date recently. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So how long has that been going on for? Like two and a half years now. Oh, that's a substantial amount of time. You guys did just recently move in together, right? We just recently moved in together in May, but we've known each other for like uh, five years. And how was it before before this being a comedian and actress, uh, um, dating? How did you find that? Like I said, I never dated, honestly. I never did that. Okay. Well, I never you- like... You had relationships before, right? Yeah, but yeah. I I was in a, a 12-year relationship, and then I was in a four-year relationship, and then I was with a guy for like six months, mm. and then that was so bad, and that ended mm. in um, September of 2019, and that was just like such a nightmare ending and that whole time was a nightmare for me my grandma died some other shit happened to me that was horrible and so then i was like i'm never having sex again i'm never dating or seeing anybody or having a boyfriend or having sex again and then um yeah and then i was just like single and slept with like one guy like a few times and then my boyfriend now so serial monogamist yeah, kind of. Okay. I mean, I like, you know, there's been other right things in between, but yeah. I never was on dating apps. I've never done that. I've never, I never really did that. It always mm. like felt weird. I always wanted to like have like a connection with someone yeah. before. When I meant dating, I also just meant like genuine in a relationship. Oh, like, okay. Like, you're dating someone romance, if you're romance, like, right. romance life a relationship life. yeah right, right, kind of what okay. I meant like being because I, I I do think that a lot of people struggle with it if their partner isn't in this world in this like entertainment world right they do struggle a lot with the the other person being a comedian an actor mm. or what, whatever it is yeah I just wondered how you felt about that yeah, your I mean, current your current partner is in the same world, so yes. that changes something, I guess. Yeah, so the last one, the like disaster one, was also in this world, and then the one before that, that kind of was also a disaster in a way, not a disaster, but uh, was also in entertainment. And then the guy I was with for twelve years, the Greek guy, why I mm. spent so much time in Greece, was not in this uh, okay. in entertainment at all. He's like. Uh, he was like a structural engineer, architect, stuff like that. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's definitely, um, I remember that once I was um, with my dad and I was like, oh shit, I have to go home because Odi was my ex's name, Odysseus, will be home soon and I have to make dinner. And I remember my dad wow. looked at me and goes, really? And how long are you going to play that part for? <laughs> and I was like, what? That's fucked up. I was mad, but in retrospect, like he was right. Damn, you know? your dad called you out. <laughs> yeah, my dad totally <laughs> called me out. So yeah, that was, but I was like super young too. Mm. That was like from like 18 on, you know, or 19. And so that was like also me trying to figure myself out and stuff. Wow. But that's definitely one of the things where like if I'd go back, I would do it a little differently because. I did like compromise on a lot of stuff and, you know, he had a nine to five job. So he wanted to always like 
go away on the weekends or like take trips or, you know mm. what I mean? And I wanted to be here and go to shows and, right. you know, although I wasn't doing as much stand up back then, but still, you know, I wanted mm-hmm. to like connect with people and yeah. see shows and work on stuff and, and stuff like that. And so, so yeah, but I, I didn't feel like he was pretty like tolerant of all mm-hmm. of that and, and liked it too. But I can imagine that it's hard. Yeah. To be, find someone who understands that lifestyle. Right. And also understands the like passion and understands the like way that you have to prioritize things and, and that you don't really have any days off because your life and your job aren't really separate in that sense. Mm -hmm. You know, you're always kind of like in your brain there or thinking of that. It's like so intertwined. It's so intertwined. And uh, for instance, I was, there was this one guy I was talking to for like, went on a few dates with. And one day he tried, he was trying to schedule a date. And I was like, I'm, I have shows every day this, this week. So it'll have to be next week. And he was like, don't you feel like you have to slow down at some point? And I was like, what if this, this motherfucker, like really <laughs> you're going to tell me how to live my life. And, and I think a lot of people just don't understand it. Right. For them, it's like, um, you're doing a hobby or like you already have your day job. Why are you also doing this thing? And why do you have to work every night? And even on nights where you're not working, why do you have to be with other comedians? Like well, some people it, just don't get it. No, of course. But I, I also understand that they don't get it. It's hard to understand. You know, a lot of people like that rocks their world also because they're told you have to have this kind of job and you have to have a job that you probably won't really like. And like, this Mm. is the way it is, you know, and you must do that. So forget about, because I truly believe that all people are creative, Mm. you know, and have like some sort of artistic or, or desire to have artistic expression Mm -hmm. in their lives. But it's kind of like, like, um, you know, how do you say, uh, kind of slapped out of them, (laughs) you know what I mean? Or whatever. Um, and so I think that for a lot of people, yeah, it's super hard to understand. I mean, I have, I was just talking to my boyfriend about my friend's husband who like works at a financial consulting company and asked me in all seriousness the other day, what do you do all day? (laughs) You know, but I was like, Okay, he's a little bit of an idiot that he doesn't, hasn't like watched a movie about artists or like used his imagination to think, you know, what goes into making something like that. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, well, you can't blame him. I don't know what he does all day. Right. (laughs) What the fuck is, what the fuck do you do as a financial consultant all day? I can use my imagination. If I really (laughs) wanted to like ask that question, I'd probably first be like, well, what do I think they do all day? Right. But, it's hard to um, imagine that someone can do mm. that as like a life. And also that someone, I think like what's so sad is that most people don't like their jobs. That is so sad to me. So they can't yeah. imagine that you like your job so much. That, that you do you, two jobs. That day. you do two yeah. jobs or that you would like do it every night and not, you know, be home watching Netflix or something because right. you'd rather do that. Like, yeah, that doesn't mean you don't like watching Netflix. Of course you like sitting mm-hmm. at home and, you know, like yeah. relaxing in quotes, but like you like it so much that like you sacrifice that you sit on the train for an hour and a half at night. Yeah. You know, you go to a show that, you know, is only going to have five people in it. Um, 
uh, in the audience. So I think that's really hard for people to imagine, like that mm. you could like a job that much. Yeah, yeah. That that's I get what you're saying. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. Never thought about it that way. This has been such an insightful conversation. <laughs> I've really pried, pried and like digged into your mind today. I feel. You think so? Yeah. You're like, oh, you only scratched the surface. <laughs> <laughs> Today's mine. Tomorrow I'll change my mind about everything. <laughs> no, but I don't know. I guess it's from growing up that way. Mm. You know, a lot of people like always say to me like, oh, what was it? What's it like? Like growing up with parents like that. And for me, like, mm. yeah. Then at one point you're like, for me, it was always more fascinating like oh my god what's it like having parents that like do the same thing every day and like <laughs> well that's so that sounds so cool like your mom just like makes lunch every day and like you know what i mean yeah. like wow you have like a regulated lifestyle like where for us it was like you didn't know what you were coming home to yeah. every day that's so interesting because i definitely grew up in a kind of home where you know my mom every single morning breakfast on the table woke us up lunch packed dinner ready she had a her job and my dad was a cab driver and be home at this hour this is when we sit down and have dinner and I was just yearning to not do any of that like to not have I can't do regimented things and even in my day job I loved it because every day is different Mm. Like the experiments change, right? Like the moment you have the answer to the experiment, you try something else, you take it somewhere else, you, it continues. So when people ask me, my, a lot of my cousins back home ask me, they're like, when are you going to stop studying? Like, never. Like, you never mm. have the answers. You right. always continue. And that's why it's fun because you always just ask more questions and like, that's what I loved about it. So I guess it's a, a lot of it is also personality, too. Yeah, that's true. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, so true. That's so true. But yeah, I always think it's sad. Like, so many kids get told you can't do that, and that's just a hobby, and forget about that. Right. You know, they like to paint, and they like to make music, or they like to do stuff like that. But it is, it's funny because my dad was always like the opposite. He'd be like, rent an apartment you can't afford. So it makes you work harder at your art, wow. you know, like, so it makes you be more creative, <laughs> which I don't think is a good advice either. <laughs> uh, but, but yeah, I had a friend recently who hates her job and she quit her job. She was so happy. And then she told her parents and they were like, not happy. Right. And I was like, I don't get that. That's so weird. Why wouldn't they want her to just be happy? But they are like scared. For sure. You know, because yeah. it's expensive and blah, blah, blah. So that's how my parents, my dad was, he's, he's such a hard worker. And I had a job since I was 13. Mm. And he was always like, you don't just study, you do those things, but you also have to have an income. Right. You have to look out for yourself. When I was 19 and I moved out and had a studio apartment, I had, I was working part-time jobs while studying mm. so I could afford it. And luckily the Danish government gives you a monthly stipend so you can afford to live on your own. Right. But you know, there would be months where I couldn't afford, afford like to pay a bill or something. And my mom would be like, give her money. Like she needs money. You have to look out for her. And my dad would be like, no, this will help you. Oh God. Like, yeah. You'll just find another job, I guess. That yeah. you'll try to work more and yeah. do less volunteer work. Cause I used to, I was like so about the volunteerism. So I was, I spent so many hours a week doing that. He's like, yeah, just maybe have something that's like well paid. Mm. You know, it's like, this is psychotic. Just, <laughs> yeah, no, that is, I mean, it is and it isn't. I, you never know. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's like it, yeah, you never know like what's going to be the right thing or the wrong yeah. thing. 
Of course, if I think about it, I'd be like, oh my God, just give her money. Like she's young. She's 19. You're going right. to, I have, my godson is 17 in Germany. I love him so much. And he, um, lives upstairs from his mom, who's my friend because she had like another baby and stuff like that, or two more babies actually. And so there was no room. So he lives upstairs now and he has a roommate, but he has to pay his own part of the rent now. Right. And I was like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what? <laughs> he has to pay rent? And she was like, yeah, but he's like fucking up in school. And he, I told him and da, 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 and he wants this. I'm like, but he's 17. He's going to have to pay rent. And I told him too. He was like, oh, I'm so happy I pay rent myself. And I was like, but dude, you're going to have to pay rent for like the rest of your life probably. Like right. take a little more time. You know what I mean? It's, like, it's very Northern Western European because Danish people are like that. They're mm. like, when you're 18, even if you're living with your parents, you start paying rent. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't like that. I would like a life where I didn't pay rent. Yeah. Yeah. I start paying rent at home, I think is a little over the top. Um, but I definitely started paying my own rent when I was 19, but that's because I knew my parents didn't have a Mm. ton of money. Right. So I didn't want to take their money because I knew they didn't have it. Yeah. So I was like, all right, I can make my own money, you know? Yeah, the the idea of, like, not paying your own way has just, like, never been yeah. something that I knew of, so... But I think you, yeah. you are right that that also has to do a little bit with personality because I also, like, I always had a job from 13 mm-hmm. years on. Like, babysitting, multiple kids, then I started working in a theater, like, right. helping out, cleaning and stuff like that, taking tickets and, you know... Tons. I mean, I've had so many different jobs. Yeah. Like tons of different jobs. So I guess, yeah. I mean, I guess if you're a rich kid, it's different. But I don't know what that's like. Nope. <laughs> I grew up around a lot of them. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And the, yeah, I, I, I can imagine if you, if your parents were in that world, I could see that. That yeah. must have, that must have been annoying. Rich friends. Rich friends. No, it's great. They all have great, they always have great houses. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I I lived in like projects in Denmark, so I didn't know of rich people until I started university and I visited a couple of friends and I was like, this is how you people live? Mm. That that was wild. Yeah. Um, But the reason I said it's annoying is because when you hang out with those people, they don't understand why you can't go to all these places, why you can't, you're like, well, I guess I'll just have soup for dinner at this restaurant that I can't afford, you know, like that, that was annoying for me. I loved having friends that also suffered financially. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, I get that. Yeah, totally. No, it's annoying when they don't understand why your parents aren't buying you an apartment. Right. <laughs> you know, they're like, what's your problem? Uh, Everything's fine. You are know? you poor? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what? Or actually what most rich people do is they put themselves, they, they're like, I know, oh my God, I, I really need to get another job. Like I really need to, you know, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, everything's so expensive or whatever. Yeah. Most rich people will do that. Mm-hmm. And you're like, what? You what the fuck are you talking about? Like Absolutely. you own an apartment in New York. You're not poor. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You own an actual apartment here. That's like $5 million or $2 million or whatever the fuck it is. But yeah, I heard someone recently say, yeah, my friends think I'm I'm rich just because, you know, I don't have a job and I live off of my dad's 
my comp I have dividends in my dad's company and I just live off of that. So my friends think I'm rich, but I'm not. Like Whew, okay, we're from different worlds. So yeah, I see that. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. New yeah. York. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy, it's been so lovely Chansu. chatting to you. I never know if I'm saying it. Chansu. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Is this so nice to talk to you? <laughs> you know, you didn't um, get me canceled yet. No, you'll figure that out later for yeah. yourself. <laughs> Tried to get me to do my favorite accent. I wanted to. I, I still want to. I still want to hear it. Um, where can people find you? Oh, you can find me uh, on Instagram at you love Lucy, the, the letter U-L-O-V-E-L-U-C-I-E, and my podcast, Immigrant Jam Podcast, that Shansu is also a guest on this week. Her episode comes out this hey. week. I don't know when this comes out, but it was the week that this was recorded uh, <laughs> was when her podcast episode on my podcast came out, and it's great. Check it out. And uh, it's at Immigrant Jam Podcast on Instagram and on iTunes and all that good stuff. And all on YouTube. Lucy Paul. Hell yeah. And you guys can follow me on Instagram, John Sudistat, C-A-N-S-U-D-I-S-T-A-T. Please follow the podcast. You know, join my Patreon, all of that. Subscribe, rate, comment, show us some love. Yeah. Follow this legend. Thank you. Yes. All right. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you so much for coming on. <laughs> of course. <laughs>